Welcome to day 51 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, We're our last installment in the, in the Gospel of Luke. So we've had 51 readings in the Gospel of Luke. Mm. Uh, we'll continue with the book of Acts, which is also authored uh, by Luke, so we don't believe Luke exactly. But it's kind of sad to come to the end of uh, what has been a, a rich and deep and wonderful end of Gospel. Mm-hmm. Luke, from the beginning, has taken the Old Testament images of uh, the coming reign of the Messiah and woven him deeply into his narrative. And it's been fun to see the restoration of the poor, the disenfranchised, prominent place of uh, women in the gospel, the powerful healing uh, of those who have been broken uh, and brutalized by sin. And uh, then we've seen the, the death and now the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you could uh, pick many resurrection appearances. There's probably... You know, uh, 15 total resurrection appearances recorded in Scripture. Uh, Luke gives us uh, Luke gives us uh, two, and these two are deeply rich. Uh, this is his appearance uh, to uh, the disciples in the upper room. So uh, before we uh, dig into the last part of chapter 24, beginning in verse 36, let's offer ourselves in this moment, as always, uh, to the Lord. Uh, Cindy, do you mind leading us in prayer? No, not at all. Father, thank you so much for this uh, incredible gospel. Thank you for our time in Luke. Thank you for the way that you have um, pierced our hearts concerning our sin, and you've also encouraged us considering just this incredible life of Christ. So even now, as we look at your word, we just ask that you would, um, by your spirit, just build us up and mature us in Christ and to help us to be all that you've created us to be. Amen. Luke 24, verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it, and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. He told them, This is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. A nice little uh, yesterday, Matthew and I had the conversation about uh, moments in history or moments in biblical history you'd like to be a part of. And of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Matthew said he'd love to have been there on the road to Emmaus as they're walking along to hear Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. explain from Scripture who he was. And of course, he does it again, you know, with the rest of uh, the uh, apostles here. And uh, this would have been another great moment just to hear him, mm-hmm. you know, showing. And he uses, you know, that nice little statement. Uh, Everything that's written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and, and the Psalms. And, of course, those are the three divisions 
uh, of the Old Testament. Matter of fact, when I do my Old Testament readings, I have to divide them this way. I have mm-hmm. Torah, uh, prophets, and in, in writings. Mm-hmm. And uh, in other words, he's saying everything in Scripture. There's not one part of Scripture that does not uh, point completely to Christ. And not only that, he opens their minds so they can understand Scripture, mm-hmm. which is a work of the Spirit we deeply need mm-hmm. as we read Scripture. So what are some of the things that uh, stand out to you as we read this uh, final few verses uh, in Luke? I love it just at the beginning how we get to see kind of just the, the humanity of, of these guys, uh, of these disciples and the, these apostles, how they're still kind of processing everything that they've been hearing from the road uh, up to on Emmaus, and now they're kind of moving all through it. And then Jesus shows up and says, peace with you, and they're frightened. They think they see a ghost, and he's like, no, I, I have flesh, I have I have bones. I mean, give me some fish. I'll eat it. Um, you know, so he's kind of silencing their doubts, silencing their um, just all the, the the things that were frightening them at the time. And so loving, love seeing Jesus coming in, meeting them where they're at, and showing them Himself and helping alleviate their doubts. Mm-hmm. Of course, it starts with them. You know, they were more or less talking about Jesus, and then he, he goes on to say, "Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds?" I mean, I just love that he knows what they're, you know, processing and what they're yeah. having to work through and how troubled they are. And he really is, is there to meet them and to give them peace, which I think is kind of cool. So. Yeah, this is startling on so many levels. This is mm-hmm. obviously unexpected mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and too good to be true. Mm-hmm. So the thoughts must have been, you know, how can this you know, possibly be real? And then there were some very real implications. I mean, mm-hmm. their Lord had just been, you know, crucified as, as a criminal. They had all uh, run because they realized the ramifications that their lives too were in danger, mm-hmm. and so the story is you know right now hanging. Uh, we're not quite sure what does resurrection mean. We're not quite mm-hmm. sure what resurrection looks like or the implications, you know, of the resurrection. Uh, he'll be with them. You know, we'll open the next chapter in the book of uh, Acts for the next forty days. He'll teach them about the kingdom before he sends them out to be witnesses of, of the kingdom. So there's a lot they still have to still have to process. I'm always uh, entertained by the fact I've lived in the same house here you know, for about 22 years with Cindy, and occasionally she's just startled to see me in the house. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing I, here? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, what you I, I, I kind of live here, but uh, either way. I know. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, but they certainly weren't expecting to see Jesus in quite this way. No. Well, I can almost just picture them sitting around just thinking like, well, where do you think he is right now? And you know, does he have his body or is he a spirit? And, you know, he, there's just so many questions that they have, you know, um, and then for him to present himself and to show his body. To Obviously, them. the way he appears is more supernatural right. than natural. Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. first thought is uh, in a thinking, you know, in terms of seeing a ghost or seeing a vision or seeing you know, something like that. And mm-hmm. he reassures them, you know, of. You know, even though his body is different, that it is still a, a human body. By you know, okay, give me some fish. I'll yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. eat some fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have you know both the exalted you know resurrection body, but you have the very human presence of of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, eating and drinking with them, and uh, fulfilling His promise in with them. Mm-hmm. And then there in verse forty five, we already alluded to it, Paul, but he he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and it kind of seems to be kind of at that moment when they begin to kind of grasp what actually is mm-hmm. is going on um, and where they previously haven't even though he's talked about these things numerous times 
all throughout the gospel now maybe they're beginning to understand and so obviously i see myself there and you know i cannot understand the scriptures apart from christ and his spirit at work mm-hmm. in my life to help me understand the scriptures and especially here how he lays them out how all of them are, are being fulfilled by him mm-hmm. you know that especially in the old testament to understand how that is all pointing to jesus is, is a work i can't do in and of myself uh, what a wonderful word you know uh, plerao, fulfilled or filled full uh you could you know the, the scriptures have now been filled full uh, mm-hmm. you see them in all of their fullness uh, Paul talks about uh, Sabbaths and uh, you know different you know celebrations of the you know Jewish you know calendar year as being shadows of things that are come. The reality is seen in Christ, and you see just a full picture of who God is and all of all of those little symbols and all those little institutions and all of the personalities of the Old Testament, whether they be Abraham himself or Moses or or, or David, in some way point to something that would find their fullest significance. In Christ, so we often say of him, he is the greater Moses or the greater, mm-hmm. you know, David, uh, or the greater Abraham. He is the one through whom all the nations of the earth, you know, will be will be blessed. I love the fact that uh, his wounds are preserved in his resurrection body. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of guessing, you know, our, our scars from bicycle accidents and things like that, you know, over the years. Uh, will all be erased when we're renewed and given a resurrection body. Uh, however, his wounds will forever be present as a sign of our redemption. And uh, that's just kind of a, yeah. a sentimental thought. As a matter of fact, somebody after the service on a Sunday asked me the question, you know, how come his wounds are preserved in the renewal of his body? Mm-hmm. And the only answer I have is because his wounds, unlike our wounds, are redemptive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, that's great. And by his wounds, we are healed. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's so amazing. Nice little jump back to Isaiah there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he says, well, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And then, I love this, and repentance mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. I, I love that. It almost feels like what's about to start happening you know kind of a, a a charge or this is why you know the messiah had to suffer and and die and then be raised again so and of course the formula you know throughout acts and throughout the you know the gospels have been uh you know repent and believe the gospel right so those you know repentance here sometimes you know uh, we'll simply talk about belief or mm-hmm. faith and sometimes mm-hmm. we'll simply use the word repentance but every time you hear them they're they're a shorthand for each other for repentance and faith. Repentance, you know, turning from uh, you know our former ways of life and our sin, uh, not just the little ticky tacky things that we do you know wrong, as much as the deep heart idolatries, the things that rob our affections uh, from where our affections you know should be set. Turning from from former loves to you know our true love mm-hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ, and of course the turn to Him. It is faith or belief. I trust you. Not I believe a few theological facts, mm-hmm. or I believe that you know the resurrection is a plausible explanation of the New Testament, or it's none of this is head stuff. All of this is heart stuff, deep, deep heart stuff. It's my confidence and my hope and my future are, are placed in, in, in you. And the result is we, we, we are cleansed. We, we are forgiven. We are made clean. We are made whole. Mm-hmm. We are reconciled. We are adopted as sons and daughters. Receive the gift of innocent sonship. 
uh, being here along with you know the firstborn of everything, mm-hmm. you know that he has you know that he has received. So forgiveness of sins is shorthand for uh, restored to blessing. Mm-hmm. We've been restored to God in His blessing in the, in the riches of His blessing. And how this is good news for all nations, right? You know, yeah. not just that it mm-hmm. begins in Jerusalem and stays there, but that it mm-hmm. then goes to the ends of the earth, which we see God's mm-hmm. heart all throughout the scriptures for all types of peoples, right. all mm-hmm. types of nations. And so again, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, cause he could just put it right there and not say to all nations and you kind of wouldn't see the, the grand scope of what he's actually trying to accomplish, but to all nations shows us mm-hmm. just the grand um, side of the gospel, how yep. it's to go to but, all places. And, and the disciples are not catching that. When they hear mm-hmm. all nations, they hear Jewish people scattered throughout all the nations. And so when we come to the book of Acts, there are going to be some hard lessons to learn about mm-hmm. how deeply mm-hmm. uh, God has embraced the people that they refuse to embrace. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some Samaritans in there, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some Gentiles yeah. represented by a Roman centurion, the hated occupiers uh, of the nation. So they have a lot to learn about nations here, as, as probably we do. I think we do too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, he said, I'm going to send you what my father promised. And that's the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I love the way he, he puts it here. You'll be clothed with power. And, and by power, we a lot of times think of the miraculous, you know, and, the, and uh, speaking in tongues and miracles and healings and all, all of those things. But it is the transforming, renewing power of the Holy Spirit as he makes all things new. And that is the deep work he is doing beyond forgiveness. He is restoring to us everything we've lost, you know, to the ravages of sin. And it's just like a big old coat we put on and wrap ourselves in. Uh, the power that he gives us, you mm-hmm. know, through the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I think so often, you know, we talk about God being gracious and loving and kind to us. And we primarily connect that, you know, to the cross. And that definitely is a cross thing. But even in what you're just saying, Paul, we get to see the grace and the love of our mm-hmm. Savior, that he would give us his spirit and empower us to be transformed into his image and likeness. And so that, again, is his ongoing grace in our lives. His spirit brings us into intimacy with him, uh, enables us to be everything that he created us and redeemed us to be. And, of mm-hmm. course, in being everything that we were created to be and redeemed to be, we experience uh, the fullness of his joy and the fullness of his blessing. Uh, we finished, you know, w- with the ascension, often overlooked, we talk about you know, Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, but there's one more piece to the story. Not only did he live the life we could never live, and by faith his obedience is credited to us, his righteousness died the death uh, that we should have died, and through our faith in him, all of our sins are, are forgiven uh, on the cross. But he rose uh, in victory over sin and death and darkness and offers life to us. And he ever lives mm. in the Father's presence to intercede for us, empowering us, and bringing everything to a fitting conclusion as mm-hmm. he has been exalted uh, to be Lord and, and, and King. Mm. And so may we, just like they do, worship him with great joy and praise God. What a beautiful conclusion right after the ascension there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, no doubt that uh, there's an invitation. This is you know Luke's final word as he closes the gospel. Uh, they they went back, and, and the one thing that happened more than anything else is their sorrow had been turned to joy. Mm-hmm. And the sorrow of having lost Messiah yeah. is now the joy of knowing, you know, that he is is alive. It, 
and exalted to the right hand of, of, of the Father where mm-hmm. he is ruling and reigning. And that should be our constant joy. As we lose our joy, there is no greater reality than our Lord lives and reigns and is interceding for us and is empowering us and will one day restore mm-hmm. all things you know, completely. So the invitation of discipleship mm-hmm. is one of worship and joy. Yeah. That should be one of our deepest responses yeah. in everything that we do. So it's been a fun uh, journey through Luke. Can hardly wait till we start the book of Acts tomorrow. But uh, today we must say goodbye. So yep. David, do you mind closing this? <laughs> oh man, no pressure. Yeah, here we go. Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for the beautiful truths that we've seen in Luke's gospel. Thank you so much for Christ. Thank you so much for the beautiful story of how he came to us to seek us and to save us and to pursue us. Um, Thank you for the wonderful invitation he makes to us as his disciples to deny ourselves and to pick up the cross and to follow him daily. Thank you so much for our passage even today. How we get to see the the joy that you provide that even though we may be sorrowful, um, we can find great joy in Christ. And so may we too, as the disciples have, may we worship Jesus. May we find joy in Jesus and may we praise him for he is absolutely worthy of our praise. We pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen.